Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. What up? Welcome into a football Friday here on The Edge. We've got a great show on tap for you coming up in 15 minutes. We're going to have our usual guests here on the Football Friday. Scott Kellen is going to join us, and then Paul Bovey, the baller. Live from Mexico, will be with us. That's a good nickname for Paul Bovey, the baller, just like Mike Glennon. <laughs> right. Uh, Paul Bovey is going to join us via Skype from an undisclosed spot outside the United States. Uh, well, He's I, a world traveler. I, I just ruined it on accident. But, yes, he is going to be with us. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that it was a, it was a secret. But, regardless, yeah. we have a lot to get to. We have a lot of news to get to as well. And uh, one of the more fascinating games, as we have seen throughout the week, has been the Saturday night nightcap, the one yeah. that you and I, and on last Sunday night's opening line show, we're like, what are we doing? Like, this is the game? This is boring. This is ridiculous. Well, now it has a lot of intrigue around it. The Dallas Cowboys, Matt Humans has a lot of intrigue, but not a lot of meaning. That is very true. Very <clears throat> true. But the Dallas Cowboys, a four-point favorite on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, why? Why all of a sudden are now we down to four after this got to as high as seven? Well, Trayvon Diggs, Jaron Kurse, Tony Pollard, all did not travel with the Dallas Cowboys. They have in- uh, injuries, illness, all sorts of things, not COVID-related. So the Cowboys are going to be somewhat shorthanded defensively. Yeah, on top of the uh, Micah Parsons absence, yep. and that is COVID-related. So you take out Micah Parsons and Trevon Diggs off the defense and Tony Pollard out of the backfield, and those are significant losses for the Cowboys. That number was open Dallas 2.5, was up to 3 by the next morning, then bumped up to 7, now back down to 4. So it's been a, a little bit of a roller coaster ride for the Cowboys-Eagles line for the Saturday night game in Philly. Uh, I'm stuck with a bet on Eagles plus three that I made Monday morning. I think you have the same bet. But, uh, yep. uh, you know, the number does not look that bad uh, at this point. And I still feel decent about the Eagles' chances with uh, Gardner Minshew, a quarterback. So we'll take our chances here. Yep. So that's the news of this contest. Again, four with a total of 43. Uh, defensively shorthanded for the Dallas Cowboys against uh, what I would think is, at the very worst, a lateral move at quarterback when you're going from Jalen Hurts to Gardner Minshew for the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll see who's more motivated, but it does seem like the Philadelphia Eagles have a little bit of a better hand given the personnel availability. Uh, with that, we go to the Sunday night game because this is the big one. Uh, the Sunday night football, win and get in. That's what the situation is for both of these teams and potentially, depending on what happens, tie and get in between these two teams, the Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. So the number we sit at right now, three in favor of the Los Angeles Chargers here at the South Point with a total of 50. And those threes are solid now across the board. 
for the Las Vegas Raiders catching that. I mean, uh, at home against Los Angeles Chargers, we do look like maybe are going to get Darren Waller on the field for the Las Vegas Raiders. Well, I mean, I hope so. Yep. I thought maybe on Monday. Here we are on Friday. I, I think it's a stronger possibility he's going to play. I mean, a big reason I made that bet. Raiders plus three was I expected Darren Waller to be back for this game. The Raiders offense in five games since Thanksgiving without Darren Waller, 16 points per game. Mm-hmm. Raiders have been fortunate to go three and two in those five games and put themselves in a position where they can win and be in the playoffs on Sunday night. Hey, this is going to be an electric atmosphere at Allegiant Stadium Sunday night. Uh, two division, long-time division rivals, and uh, the Raider Nation is going to be out full force for this game. I think if you look back at the first meeting, which was in week four, the Raiders were 3-0. and They went to SoFi in L.A. and played a horrendous first half. Yep. Derek Carr... Uh, was a clumsy quarterback in the first half of that game. And still the Raiders fought back in the game in the second half and had a shot uh, really to get in it. The 28-14 finals probably uh, indicative of uh, what deserved to be the final score. But the Raiders did get back in that game with a chance. Uh, They put a real scare in the Chargers in the second half. Uh, Throw that game out the window. That's a long time ago. I think the key here is that Darren Waller's back. And the Raiders have a lot of confidence on a three-game win streak. Defense has been playing relatively well, and I think Josh Jacobs, who had uh, 100 and, what, 135 yards or so on the ground against the Broncos a couple weeks ago, should be able to run on this Chargers defense. And we've talked about this all season. So I think with Josh Jacobs and the running attack working against the uh, Chargers D, if Derek Carr has Darren Waller back on the field, Hunter Renfro still is now his number one target, but Darren Waller was his number one target before that. So you got Waller and Renfro in that offense. I still like the Raiders' chances a lot to win this game. I don't think the Chargers should be full three-point favorites. Yep, I agree. I'm on the side as well. Uh, now, let me ask you this, because as we move around to some of these wagers, and I was actually just curious why you thought the full threes appeared, right? Because we saw across the board, it was like 2.5 minus 120, whatever mm-hmm. it was, all throughout the week. So I was searching for maybe some news. I mean, the news came out yesterday that Nate Hobbs was going to play. So it is pretty interesting that today we just see that move in the market to just solid threes across the board. By the way, Nate Hobbs, who was uh, arrested, I guess you call it, on suspicion of DUI, mm-hmm. fell asleep at the wheel in his car on the strip. I don't think he should be playing in this game. Of course not. And uh, it's ridiculous that the Raiders are actually putting him on the field uh, for this game. Hey, man, it's a playoff game. Now we can overlook those sort of things. (laughs) It's important. Uh, All right, with that, now we get to a couple of other bits of news that came out today. Now, this is a game that I know you're in on, uh, but what do you make of Tyler Huntley? Report three hours ago that he is going to start for the Baltimore Ravens, which means Lamar Jackson's season could be done. It depends on if the Baltimore Ravens make it into the postseason. Mm-hmm. But Tyler Huntley, uh, it's going to be his fourth start of the season. He has filled in admirably uh, throughout this entire year. Three touchdowns, two interceptions passing, 222 yards on the ground, two rushing touchdowns, a relatively decent completion percentage as well. He has done a pretty decent job. And in the games that he has started, he has kept the Ravens in each and every single one of those contests. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before when it came to Baker Mayfield, right? Case Keenan and Baker Mayfield, or vice versa, it's not that big of a difference because Baker Mayfield's hurt. He's not 100%. So maybe it's an upgrade given that the backup is healthy. I think it is. I don't think, for the Browns, I don't think there's any doubt. Right. And And given the the way Lamar Jackson. Baker Mayfield was not as effective as Case Keenum. And Lamar Jackson's missed a lot of time here, too. Don't forget about that. And Lamar Jackson, you remember that Thursday night game at Miami? I do. He was terrible in that game. So there's no guarantees that just because you have Lamar Jackson on the field that he's going to light it up and uh, the Steelers are in big trouble. I think Tyler Huntley has matured as a quarterback and made a lot of progress in the past couple months. I'm not afraid to uh, lay the points here with the Ravens with uh, Tyler Huntley. I think the Ravens should be okay with him at quarterback. I like 
the way he's played in a lot of these recent games. Yeah, and, and look, to give the Ravens credit, although the uh, coin flip had not gone their way recently, uh, they are a well-coached team, and they are in every single one of these games, result, regardless of not even having half of their roster sometimes, right? Case in point, the Green Bay Packers game uh, that ultimately ended mm-hmm. in the uh, with a two-point conversion. And on the flip side of this, for those who weren't with the show earlier in the week or who haven't been keeping track of it, Deontay Johnson, Kendra Green on the reserve COVID list for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, cornerback Joe Hayden also placed on the reserve COVID-19 list on Wednesday, right, along with their defensive coordinator. So it's not like this is the best situation for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin allegedly could be calling plays this weekend, and they're shorthanded on both ends in terms of their skill position and cornerback. Yeah, so. I don't think the absence of coaches ever really matters that much. No. Uh, because you got plenty of uh, plenty of assistants who can pick up the game planning and play calling. I was watching a basketball game last night. I think it was the SMU-Cincinnati game. Okay. SMU had seven assistant coaches on the bench. Really? Doesn't that seem excessive yes, for a college does. basketball team? I hadn't noticed that. I was watching the game, but I had not noticed that. <laughs> anyway, going back <laughs> Too to many the cooks in the kitchen. Going back to the Ravens game and uh, looking at their close losses, they've got three losses by one point uh, and two three losses by one point and a loss by two points and a loss by three points. Those are five of their losses in the last two months. Mm-hmm. Three by one, one by two, one by three. This team's got to be really frustrated. Uh, at the close calls, the Ravens could be right there in the playoff hunt with a little bit of luck, or right there in the playoff field with a little bit of luck. I think uh, they're going to be on edge here. Five straight losses. They want to they want to beat down a division rival here, and whether you make the playoffs or not, end the season on a positive note. And I think they can do that with Tyler Huntley, a quarterback. I mean, you watch Big Ben uh, last week hmm. on Monday night, a quarterback. Do you, who would you rather have? Let's say uh, you need a quarterback to win a game for you on Sunday. Big Ben or Tyler Huntley uh, at this point? Tyler Huntley, no uh, hesitation. I'll take Huntley. Yep. Absolutely. You know, there's no prayer yards with Tyler Huntley, and there's actually mobility there with Huntley where yeah. you can actually expand some things with your playbook. And to what Human's point about, remember, it's not only been a long layoff for Lamar Jackson, but if you looked at his last seven games as well, we're talking about a 62% completion, eight touchdowns, ten interceptions, uh, many more turnover-worthy plays in those games as well. Uh, averaging 194 yards through the air, just uh, four, uh, 426 yards rushing, no rushing touchdowns. Hasn't been the same Lamar Jackson since that Colts game, and that's no. those last seven starts. Right. So, and don't forget in that Colts game, they were behind, was it 26-6 to six or something? Yeah, exactly. They were fortunate to rally to win that game. The Colts collapsed in that game, but still, I think Lamar Jackson's been off this season, and uh, there, I don't really think there's much of a difference at all between these two quarterbacks and Huntley because he's been playing so much. Might actually give the Ravens a better shot to win this game. Some people would scoff at that, but I think uh, considering Lamar Jackson's inconsistency and the fact that he has not been on the field uh, recently, it's not that far-fetched. You know, and last point on this, too, because this had gotten to, what, five and a half, I think, with the Ravens in the Steelers game? Was that the peak that it reached? Uh, I actually saw six out there. You think that this this news is worth Two and a half, three points? I do not. No, right. that's what I said. I, I, you called it a lateral move, talking about uh, which quarterbacks you were talking about with a lateral well, move. Well, I made the example the of Case Keenum and, and, yeah. Yeah, or in Gardner Mitchell. Eagles and Browns. At this point, with Lamar Jackson's inactivity and inconsistency, I think uh, Tyler Huntley might actually give the Ravens a little bit better shot to win this game. Uh, I know some people disagree, but that's fine. We'll see how it plays out on Sunday. The Ravens have lost 
five in a row. Three of those by one point and one by two points. Yep. All right, one more uh, bit of news to get to here as we look ahead to next week. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, of course, so will take on the Detroit Lions. Uh, but we do have some injury questions about the Green Bay Packers. It's mostly just skill position guys uh, for Green Bay at this point right now, including Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, who are questionable. Jair Alexander is not going to play. Not enough to really move the needle here for Green Bay, who's up to a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against the, the Detroit Lions. I mean, the question is, how much is Aaron Rodgers going to play? And he's been quoted as saying he wants to have momentum going into the postseason. Well, what can momentum mean? Playing a quarter, playing a half? Right. I, I, I'd be really surprised if uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams see the field for more than a half. Rodgers has been uh, hobbling on this uh, with this toe injury. Uh, I, I really think the the Packers starters talk about Rodgers, Adams, and a, a few other guys going out there to sort of stay sharp for the playoffs, but also so he can lock up the MVP. Yep. Throw a couple TD passes and uh, walk off the field as the MVP. From uh, LaFleur, quote, I don't think he, being Aaron Rodgers, necessarily needs to play. So maybe that gives you an idea of what could happen in the second half. All right, uh, we'll come back. Scott Kelman joins us next here on The Edge. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Tune up your lineup, join the AutoZone Get In The Zone Challenge, and play free fantasy football in this two-part contest series to compete for a cut of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash AutoZone now to get in on the action. Get In The Zone, AutoZone. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let's welcome in Scott Kellen. Nice enough to give us a little bit of time today. We're already here. Week 18 has been a whole football season that Scott's been with us. All right, Scott, uh, let's get to the Sunday night affair out here in our backyard. Chargers, Raiders, Raiders catching three at home against the Los Angeles Chargers. Win and you are in for both of these clubs. What do you got? 
Hey guys, good to be with you. And, and by the way, Matt, just real quick on your assistant coaches, when you've got a guy like Vic Fangio strolling the sidelines, you don't need any other assistant coaches. So uh, <laughs> I agree with you. So anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm on Vegas here. I grabbed the plus three. Um, you know, I make the number about one and a half. So I think there's a little bit of value here with Vegas. Uh, I think Darren, I'm hoping Darren Waller comes back. I'm hoping he's effective. If so, uh, I think they've got a chance to do a little bit of damage against this Chargers defense. You know, you're always a little concerned about uh, the Raiders and the fact they haven't scored a ton of points here lately. Maybe some of that's, uh, you know, not having Waller as well. But I think if they get him back, uh, they should be able to run the ball, uh, obviously, on the Chargers. It's not a very good defense for the Chargers. And Waller, I think, can make a difference. And, you know, this doesn't really speak to anything about necessarily Derek Carr being a great quarterback. But the guy, I think, has shown that he's a pretty good leader of the team and i think that helps him as well and uh, uh i'm gonna grab the three points i think there's a little bit of value there and and hopefully they can come through with it all right scott kellen follow him at six cents nfl uh scott let's move on to another best better years and this is a pro patriots show jvt and i have been promoting the patriots since uh, the summer july and august and uh, now uh, they're in position where they could win the afc east still get win. the one seed still get the one yeah, seed. don't forget about of, it need a lot of luck uh, it's not going to happen. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Patriots here wrap it up as six and a half point favorites in Miami, and uh, sevens have popped up a couple times this week. You can buy it to seven, I guess. But uh, Scott, how are you going to play this Week 18 game? In Week One, the Dolphins won uh, in Foxborough, 17-16. Yeah, I was on New England in that game. They probably should have won and covered. I think Harris mm-hmm. fumbled inside the five yard line late in that game. Uh, I'm going to play Miami here. You know, New England's a better team. I've been playing New England a lot this year. Uh, I just think this is too many points. I, I'm showing a little bit of value here on Miami. I know this doesn't mean a lot, um, but it's just interesting that since 2000, and we're going back 20 years, which I know is really irrelevant, but I'm going to state it anyway. But the Patriots are 1-8-1 against the spread in Miami. Mm-hmm. Whenever they played in December, they, you know, and they played a lot the last week or second to last week. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just a little bit of heat down there. You know, it was 80 degrees down there this morning. Maybe that wears on him. But, and Tua, you know, he's not great. He's been turning the ball over a little bit. And I'll caveat here. I mean, he turns the ball over in this game. They're not going to cover this game. But he's 8-2 and two against the spread in his career in games at home where he's played 40% or more of the snaps here. So I just think this is a, a, a little too many points for New England uh, to be laying on the road against a team that I think is decent uh, as long as Tua doesn't turn the ball over. I think Miami will stay in this game. Um, they've been decent. They're six and three against the spread since the beginning of last year as a home dog, including three and two against the spread versus playoff teams. So they played okay against these teams. And uh, uh, and this is another one where, you know, neither one of these teams have performed great against good teams. Miami has gotten blown out a little bit more than New England against some of the better teams. But um, I'm taking the points. I think there's a little bit of value here with Miami. All right. See six and six and a half on the board. Uh, right now, so the, the the Patriots' problems, JVT, when they went to South Beach in the past, were with that Brady bum. This is the Mac Jones era. <laughs> right. This is, a, yeah. this is a whole new thing. A better quarterback, arguably. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk a little bit more uh, with Scott Kellen. Scott, uh, we know that uh, this uh, next game, everything's on the line here between the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> so let's discuss. Uh, is, uh, this number is now back up to five and a half in favor of Minnesota. They're going to get Kirk Cousins. Total sitting at forty-four. And we've had a quarterback carousel. Uh, in the last two days for the Chicago Bears. It was going to be Justin Fields. He gets put on the reserve COVID list. So now it is not going to be him. It is going to be Andy Dalton. 
Yeah, I feel a little bit better with Dalton. And Matt, I, I forget which game it was you said. I think maybe the Eagles game where you took a bad line. Well, I took Chicago plus two and a half. That's obviously a very bad line. Uh, I did grab them again at five and a half, though. Um, you know, I, I make this number maybe about two in this game. Um, Vikings got some COVID problems, including uh, uh, Hen- uh, Kendricks on, on the defensive side of the field. Obviously, um, Thielen is going to be out as well. Chicago has gotten beat bad by good teams and they've actually held their own against bad teams. Vikings kind of in the middle of that. I get it, but the bears are seven and two straight up last year versus losing teams four and two straight up this year versus those teams. So they're whatever, whatever that is 11 and four straight up and they're nine and two against the spread as road dogs going all the way back to 2016 versus teams who didn't make the playoffs and finished under 500. So they've been competitive against bad teams Flip side of that is, since the beginning of last year where the Vikings defense started to go south a little bit, they've obviously been better this year and, and rushed to pass their well. But they're still 2-8 and eight against the spread as a home favorite since the beginning of 2020, which coincides again with that defense uh, becoming below average. And they're just 5-5 five and five straight up in those games with the only two, only two of those wins by more than three points. So they're not winning by margin here. Now we're getting even more points. I feel a little bit better... Yeah, with Fields, there's a little bit more upside potential, but I feel a little bit better about the consistency that consistency that we'll get out of Dalton. I think taking a lot of points in here is uh, is a decent play, and uh, I'll gl- gladly grab it with the Bears, and they might even win this game straight up. Bears have a better record with uh, the Red Rifle and Nick Foles as starting quarterback than they do with Justin Fields. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of like that play as well, Scott, and you wonder what the Vikings are going to bring in Week 18 with nothing to play for. Too, the Vikings don't bring it when they do have a lot to play for sometimes. <laughs> uh, how are you going to approach the other NFC North game, if you do at all? Would you bet the Packers in the first half, or how would you look at Packers-Lions right now with the number at uh, three or three and a half, total of 44 and a half? I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to play more than a half, Scott. How would you approach this game? Well, that was a question I was going to ask you, Matt. You tell me how long these guys are going to play, and I can tell you a little bit better. That That's the question. I don't, is he, you know... Is he even going to play a half? Possibly. Um, you tell me he's playing a half, I would probably bet him uh, in the first half, especially if the majority of their starters are going to play. You know you're going to get a great effort from Detroit, um, and Goff looks like he's going to play. So, I, quite frankly, I'd almost be looking for a chance to play Detroit at the right time uh, if I could figure out when that might be because I just don't know how long these guys are going to play for mm-hmm. Green Bay, and they're – there, you know, you can only rest so many guys. So let's remember that. But one of the first guys you're going to rest is the quarterback. Um, you know, so uh, just like you know, Tampa Bay is talking about resting their guys if they get a lead. First guy that's going out is probably Brady as well once they get comfortable. So I just don't know how long they're going to play. So I'd rather look for a spot to play Detroit if I can find it. Yeah, and I think this is a week where you use live betting more than normal. I, some people don't live bet at all. Some people live bet a lot. I, I, I live bet a decent amount in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Probably look at that option more this week, you know, week 18 and maybe some other weeks uh, as you watch these games closely and uh, figure out how long some of these guys are going to play. Scott, let's take a quick look at the two Saturday games and get your thoughts. And uh, start with KC at Denver in uh, the first game, 1.30 p.m. Pacific time kickoff on Saturday. Chiefs up to uh, 10 and a half, 11 point favorites, total of 45. You got to think the Chiefs are going to be popular with the public because they have uh, something to play for here. And uh, the Broncos really playing for nothing but Vic Fangio's final game as head coach, you would think. 
Yeah, and by the way, earlier this week, Vic Fangio said they're on the cusp of winning because they played a couple close games uh, mm -hmm. against some playoff teams. So let me just tell Vic what he's done since he got there. Uh, as home dogs versus playoff teams since 2016, Denver as a whole, 0-10 straight up, 3-7 and against the spread. Since Fangio arrived, they have lost four of five games as home dogs against playoff teams by 24 or more points. Mm. So these, these are the last six games. 48-19 Buffalo, 31-3 New Orleans, Give them a pass, wide receiver played quarterback. Yeah. 43 to 16 to KC, 16, 14 Tennessee, 36, 30 to 6 KC. They've gotten blown out. And Kansas City has road favorites versus bad offenses, which of course Denver is. 8 0 straight up, 7 1 against the spread, with the last six games all won by 14 or more points. It's Kansas City or nothing for me in this game. Well, I get Scott Kellen again at Six Cents NFL up on Twitter. Uh, all right, Scott, really quick, we've got 30 seconds. You want to give us your take on uh, Dallas and Philadelphia? Yeah, it's going to be easy. I've pretty much ignored this game, guys, just because of all the COVID side and didn't really know who Dallas is going to play. So for me, uh, I know it makes bad radio, but I got nothing to offer in this one, unfortunately. <laughs> no, it's all right. We're on television, too. Scott Kellen, Scott, good to talk to you, but thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Good luck. I right, got it. Six Cents NFL. Another season in the books with Scott Kellen. I think Scott's great for TV and radio. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, VEASAN's got a great yeah. new offer to help make you your best betting year ever. Wow, I really got through that one smoothly. Our all-new Big Game Big Dan Special provides VEASAN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now. Get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss it out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VEASAN.com slash big deal. That's a capital B and a capital D to sign up today. When we come back, we get a little international. We're going to travel outside of the borders. We're going to talk about Paul Bovey, get his thoughts on the week 18 of the National Football League season. The baller has some best bets for all of you to cash in on. <laughs> On VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you missed any part of this show or anything on the VSN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all the shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. Get beating the book, market insights. Hardwood Handicappers with JVT is back this week. The Lombardi line, follow the money, coast to coast hoops, and more all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast. New episode out later today. All right. Uh, let's welcome in Paul Bovey from Parts Unknown around this big globe of ours. Uh, still, though, no matter where he's at, the baller's still handicapping the National Football League. Paul, good to talk to you. Uh, so let's talk about a couple of these games. Start with uh, a game that is near and dear to my heart. Need my Indianapolis Colts to just get a win, something they have not done in Jacksonville since 2014. What are you looking at here between the Colts and the Jags? All right, so you can make an argument that Jacksonville near missed in that first game. They almost got a win, actually turned the ball over late, had a shot for the outright victory, but unfortunately it didn't work out. But in that game, uh, they had their full complement of defensive players, the Jaguars did. And this week, they'll likely be missing their best defensive player in Miles Jack. Wingard may be out as well. 
and Jenkins went on the IR 17 days ago. So you got three key defensive guys out. Now, in that first game, Jonathan Taylor, 21 carries, 115 yards. He's 266 short of 2,000, and I'm looking for this guy to have 120 yards at halftime. I mean, they should have no problem running through that Jacksonville defense. And how many touchdown drives, non-garbage time, has Trevor Lawrence led this year? Probably less than this. So this should be a blowout. I'm looking for Indy to open it up early. I'm not a big Indy fan, but they're in a great spot here. They need the victory. Nine and a half in the first half. They should have, I'm going to call it a 17-3 lead. I think at worst, they should have 21 points by halftime. All right, Bovey calling for the blowout in Jacksonville. JVT cringed when you said you're not a big Colts fan. He's a big Colts fan. Why don't you like this Colts team that much, Paul? You know what? I I just, I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan. I I commend him. He's had a good year. I, I still think he's a little reckless with the football. I still reflect back on that Baltimore game where uh, the Ravens went, uh, you know, gangbusters on their secondary. I think uh, Jackson 37 of 43 for 450. I, I just think they have some weaknesses. But Jonathan Taylor has carried the load this year. You got to give him a lot of credit. And like I said, 266 short of 2000. I'm sure he'll have his eye on the prize. All right, Paul Bovey, you can also find him on Vegas Insider. Got a very strong documented record in the NFL this season. Paul, how about the uh, first of the Saturday games, Chiefs at Broncos? The number's 11, the total's 45. You going to play the first half here? You going to look to play the game side or total? I played first half. Uh, team total, 13 and a half. I played at minus $1.20, $1.25, recently minus $1.48. They should have a real easy time here. Now, the way you beat Patrick Mahomes or you frustrate him is by playing cover two defense. His passer rating against cover two is only 85, 121 against cover one. But the Broncos will be without Patrick Sertain, Ronald Darby, and their leader on defense, Kareem Jackson. Jackson has, I think, 90-some-odd tackles. Uh, Sertain, their best corner, Played in every game this year, 16 passes defended. I don't think they're going to be able to rework a cover two scheme against the Chiefs. This is going to be a problem spot for them. And I I do think the Chiefs hold out hope that they could get that top seed. Because, look, Tennessee is vulnerable. They're a good football team. They're not a great football team. Fortunately, they got back A.J. Brown. They're 10-2 with him in the lineup. Uh, but they're vulnerable, and the Chiefs st- still hold out hope, and I think they want to get that number one seat. Wow, Paul Bovey, harsh critic. Titans vulnerable, doesn't like the Colts. Who do you like in this whole entire thing? He doesn't like the Jaguars <laughs> either, but he is, a, he is a Texans guy. Yeah, uh, Oh, I can see in certain situations. Uh, all right, Paul, let's go to another contest here. Uh, this one's been moving around because of some personnel, uh, not issues, but, but moves. And we know that Joe Burrow's not going to play this weekend against the Cleveland Browns. We know that uh, Baker Mayfield, hampered by injury, not going to play against their, for the Cleveland Browns. What do you make of this line? Browns now laying six against Cincinnati. You know, you know, look, uh, you got to separate teams that are playing for nothing and teams are going against teams that want rest. And since he has made a declaration in this game that they're really not interested because on defense, Okanjobi, Henriksen and Hubbard will likely be out. 
Those comprise 28 and a half of 41 sacks for the year. Throw in Pratt and Bell and their 188 tackles, 300 and some odd tackles missing from the lineup and 30 of the 41 sacks. If those guys do in fact sit out, and I, I believe they will. So look, uh, Case Keenum, He's 33 years old. He's been around the NFL a while. He's very capable. Their full complement, it looks like, of receivers will play in Jarvis Landry, Peoples-Jones. They got their running backs in there. They got a few guys out on defense, but clearly Cleveland is going to be the more interested team here. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, if they had their choice, wouldn't even play this game. They just mail it in. But they have to play it. They have to put a team on the field. Cleveland should score points, inclement weather there, but I'll look for the team total of the Browns to go over the 21 and for them. Oh, no. All right, the uh, the Bengals could do what Chip Kelly did before the Holiday Bowl and just say five hours before kickoff. Hey, you know, we're not going to play. We don't have enough players. We, gotta, we, don't have a defense, we don't have a defensive line. You started that word with an F, and I thought you were going to go somewhere else. But, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that in the NFL. You can't just call off a bowl game. Uh, five hours before kickoff. All right, Paul Bovey, the baller, uh, with us. And, uh, Paul, the Buffalo Bills certainly have something to play for here. 16.5-point favorites over the Jets in Buffalo, total of 40.5. I think you're going to look at uh, the total here. I know you got a player prop worth watching, right? Yeah, I, you, you can count on Stefan Diggs getting a lot of targets here. Uh, I think he's got some incentives, but I will also say – that if you are a Jet and you have to travel to Buffalo after having Tom Brady by the throat and then blowing that game, you're not going to be very interested in heading up to uh, Western New York. So I I just think the Jets are in a mail-in spot here. The Bills need the game. Look, I know you guys are rooting hard for the Patriots here, and you're probably not going to benefit by a Jets victory in this one. But uh, I think you'll go far in the playoffs, Matt. You know, Mac Jones will will have a huge say in that. But uh, the Bills should get an easy win here. I'm going to look for them to open it up in the first half. I'm not comfortable with these game lines because, you know, if you get that big lead, 21-0, these teams are going to be looking for rest going into next week, taking on a, a playoff team and, and, and knowing that they got to keep guys healthy. So, I'm going to look for a first-half play here on the Bills. I think they'll open it up as well, uh, as will the Colts. Yeah, I'm not uh, holding out hope that the Patriots get the number one seed. It's not going to happen, JVT. I also will tell you there is no Santa Claus or Easter Bunny. You ever tell you about the time that I found out the tooth fairy wasn't real? (laughs) No, 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 I didn't hear that story. Uh, My dad left my pillow. He he never took my tooth, and so it stood under my 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 pillow for like six days, and it like rotted and cut like broken half. Mm -hmm. And so I took it downstairs, and I and I told my dad I was like, "Tooth fairy's not real, is it?" He looks at me, he goes, "Here's five bucks." That's, That's how I learned. Good. So you were 15 at the time? <laughs> I was going to say, it was all last right. week, yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul, I want to see how you're going to approach the Packers-Lions game, if you are at all, and uh, taking a guess at how long Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and guys like that might play for the Packers. Are you looking at any sort of betting angle in the Green Bay-Detroit game? I'll tell you what I would do. I would feel very strongly about a Detroit team total over if I knew those offensive linemen were going to play. Uh, Detroit already lost, lost Ragnow at center early in the year. As Sewell 
probably will not play. They have a few offensive linemen out. They may get Goff back. Uh, but I can't see Green Bay being too interested in that game as the contest winds on. Uh, they may get play a few starters early on, but let's face it, the defense is not good to begin with. They've had a few injuries. The Darius Smith going out really hurt them, and I don't think they'll take any chances. And look, credit these Lions because they haven't thrown in the towel. They're trying. I had their team total over last week against Seattle at 16 and a half. I, I saw a very favorable number. And they really, uh, you know, they got things going in the second half, and it was pretty easy. So uh, if they get those offensive linemen back, grab the team total over. I like it. Paul Bovey again, the baller, joining us uh, from parts unknown around the world. Paul, good to talk to you. Good luck this weekend. Okay, thanks, guys. You got it. Paul Bovey. Very strong Skype connection there. Yeah. Parts unknown around the globe. It's better than mine. I'm in state lines. (laughs) (laughs) Just on the other side of town. Yeah, I like it. When did you find out the – Santa Claus. To make I was like six, Preston. and I had to take out the garbage on Christmas Day, and like the rat, like you know, the boxes of the toys were out there. The garbage I had to take out, and I was like, I feel like uh, Santa wouldn't leave these behind. You figured that out? You put two and two together. Put, put two and two together. Right. A smart kid. Not so much. I hope we don't have any over. kids watching the show today. No, hopefully not. They're real. All right, we'll come back. Best bets. Those are real. On the other side. Are you? I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. Segment of The Edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the package of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties of spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes with two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, and it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find, locate a store near you, the zyn.com. Slash finds product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Don't be like my old buddy Sean. Sean, every time we would go out, we'd grab a ask for an empty cup and a pack of napkins so you could 
spit oh, no. all the time. Was that Sean McCall? No. Oh, okay. He'd keep it in his front pocket. He just, the whole time. <laughs> don't want to be like That's Sean. That's nasty. You don't no. want to do that. Try Zen. Z-Y-N.com. That's right. Uh, I needed to find my Zen last night. Let's go to this. Uh, did you see the results of this Celtics game against the New York Knicks? Uh, I don't know how the Celtics blew that lead, but they got called out by their coach for being soft oh. afterwards. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Celtics, uh, one and a half point favorite, up by 25 points at one point in that game, led by 16 at halftime. Ultimately lose at the gun from an R.J. Barrett banked in three. How about this from ESPN Stats and Info? Celtics joined the Pelicans humans as the only teams to lose four games in which they led by at least 15 points this season. Wow. Celtics have lost six of their last seven games that went to clutch time, which is score within five points in the last five minutes of a contest. Well, I mean, there are two things. One is on-court leadership. And typically, you look at the guards who handle the ball most when you lose leads like that, and also coaching. And we have a rookie head coach, right? So it's a combination of things. That's why the Celtics are coughing up leads, and you can't do that. I saw some overreactions on Twitter last night about, well, this Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum combo is never going to work. Celtics got to break these guys up. They're never going to win with these two guys. <laughs> What are you supposed to do? Uh, I think the offensive scheme. you got two scheme. of the best young players in the league. you got to find a way to make it work with those two guys, not break them up. Right. I? I agree. And uh, <sighs> I think the offensive scheme is what's not working. Uh, when the offense is just pass around the perimeter and jack up threes, yeah. it's not really going to happen. And when guys like Dennis Schroeder get a wide-open corner three and decide to pass it up to give it to Marcus Smart in the final 30 seconds, that's not going to work either. So, And to give Tatum credit, I don't know if you saw the whole thing or how it went down, with 1.5 seconds left, it was a tie game because Tatum had a – onions on him to hit a shot that tied the game yeah. up that looked like they were going to send it to overtime. I saw so. it. By Tatum's the way, a phenomenal, phenomenal player. I, I thought it was overreactions by Celtics fans or critics who are saying that he needs to be traded. <laughs> he can't be the answer. Anyway, magical night at the Mecca. That's right. Which I know had to uh, bother you last night. I, I unfollowed R.J. Barrett banked in the three. The Mecca just went – people went berserk in the Mecca, and I, I knew that you were just hating every second. Well, of, of course, because you lose the bet, but then on top of that, so I, I unfollowed somebody. <laughs> it was like a reporter because uh, there was – I think was it Robert uh, – the Time Lord, Robert Williams, who said we couldn't hear each other in the huddle near the end of the game because it was so loud. It was so loud. And somebody Mecca. retweeted was like, yeah – it sounds different when the best fans in the world are cheering for something. I'm like, they're a sub-500 team. It's, just, it's it, the mecha magic, JVT. They stink. Buy and, in. Buy into uh, it. Well, one last one really quick from Elias Sports. RJ Barrett shot Thursday makes the Knicks the second team over the last 25 seasons to win on a buzzer beater in a game they trailed by 25 or more points. 2014, Grizzlies erased a 26-point deficit against the Kings, won on a buzzer beater by Courtney Lee. So mm. history last night at the Garden. Tonight. All right, let's get the best bets. We got a lot to hit. Yeah, here in the so uh, Thunder plus six. We'll keep it simple. Thunder, they've been great in the role of home underdog. You know me. I've been uh, going to the Thunder well quite a bit throughout this entire season, make up a majority of the plays uh, in that record. But the Thunder, twelve and five against the spread as a home underdog this year, and in this one, this is a little bit different. It actually covered as uh, eight nine point underdogs against Timberwolves. It's the second consecutive time these two teams are playing. Didn't have Lugan Stort in that game. Well, they have him here. They're pretty much fully healthy, catching six at home. Timberwolves have been playing well, but in the fact. Uh, they have covered in a really good rate over the last, I'd say, half-month humans, but nine of those games have come as an underdog, and they have not performed well as a favorite. So give me six with a Thunder at home against the Timberwolves. That's it. Done. Uh, losing streak, though. Got to lock it up, man. 51-32. Best bets in the NFL? Yep. Uh, same three. So we're going to move on from there. Nothing, uh, nothing changes. Eagles plus three. 49ers plus five and a half. Raiders plus three. Okay. Best bets for me in the NFL. Also played Eagles plus three early in the week. I've got 49ers. Uh, plus four and a half, Raiders plus three, and I played the Ravens uh, this week as well. I uh, don't have the best numbers on uh, a couple of those games, but I've got the Eagles plus three, Raiders plus three, Niners plus four and a half, 
and uh, that graphic is wrong. Actually, the fourth game should be the Ravens. Now you doubled down on the Raiders, four. huh? Huh? You doubled down on the Raiders, huh? No, I did not. <laughs> but I do have the Ravens, which could be confused for the Raiders. Yes. Uh, Ravens minus uh, four over the Steelers. Uh, college football, I got Alabama plus three. We'll cover that game on Monday's show in depth. Also, college hoops had a winner last night with Wisconsin minus two. Yeah. Badgers got up 20 in that game last night. And uh, one by nine, so re- relatively easy winner with the Big Ten watch uh, the, favorite. Watch the replays. I rocked my child to sleep this morning. Wisconsin. Wisconsin win? Yeah. Really? Yeah. A lot of fun. Was big, the kid watching too? Or? Uh, yeah, Big Ten basketball tends to put him to sleep. Probably put the kid to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got some more NFL games to cover here before the end of the show. Yep. Let's go first to, it looks like... Uh, Panthers, Bucks. All right, you want to go there? Let's do it because uh, the Carolina Panthers have nothing to play for. The Bucks really don't have anything to play for. They can improve their seating and with some other results can avoid a matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles, but it's got a lot of weird results uh, for that to happen. So uh, we have heard from Bruce Arians that the Bucks are going to play to win, whatever that means and however long that lasts. I would think that if you're up by a good chunk, not everybody's going to be out there for the entire game. That's why this number opened up nine on Sunday when we were on the opening line show. It's actually got down to as low as eight. Some spots quickly flashed up. And a half, but that wasn't up there for long. Now you're sitting at eight and a half and or nine, depending on where you look in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I just don't know what the incentive to uh, win and especially win big is going to be for the Bucs. And they've been struggling anyway without Chris Godwin. Uh, now that other clown who's uh, been subtracted at the wide receiver position, I forget his name, took his shirt off, ran off the field last week. Snuck an Instagram model into his hotel room. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the Buccaneers offense has got some issues, even though how about Cyril Grayson? Stepping up wide receiver mm-hmm. last week with a couple big plays. That's a great story. Uh, I, I do think, to a certain extent, some of these big-name wide receivers are replaceable. Uh, so I think the Buccaneers could be okay. But still, they have been uh, they've been kind of limping to the finish line here. I'd be really hesitant to lay the points because I, I would have to think that there's no reason to play Tom Brady and some of your uh, front-line guys. Yep extensively in this game. And Matt Rule's the type of guy, he's still a rah-rah college type of coach. He's going to get his guys to play hard in the finale. It would be dog or pass for me. And I hate the way this Panthers team's playing right now, but I can't weigh the points with the Bucs. Yep. Um, let's see. What about New Orleans-Atlanta? We haven't touched on this ourselves. Uh, what do you make of the uh, Saints' three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road against the Falcons? There's a four out there, too. To me, it'd be Falcons or pass. Like, I still don't like this offense in any way whatsoever. They get by the Carolina Panthers, but that was due to the inept mm-hmm. uh, play of Carolina offensively as yeah. opposed to this offense looking in any way, shape, or form like an efficient unit. I think this is just, again, the tax that you're paying. The Saints got to win. Who cares? Yeah, the, the Saints have uh, – there have been a lot of games down the stretch they had to win, and they look pretty bad in those right. games. I, I th- offensively, the Saints got so many issues right now, I couldn't lay three and a half on the road. I, I, Saints do have a defense that's Super Bowl caliber. Their offense is nowhere close to that, and uh, th- that's a big problem. Uh, again, Falcons or pass, I would play the home dog if anything, but uh, so far I have not played anything. Yep. All right, we move on as we're rolling through the games we haven't touched on yet, and there's a lot of big – Big contest on the board. This one, not so much. Seattle and Arizona. Cardinals, six-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 48. Uh, Cardinals, as we know, uh, are out of it in terms of the number one overall seed. Not out of it, though, when it comes to the race for the NFC West, which mm-hmm. they can still win with a victory and a 49ers win over the Los Angeles Rams. Seahawks playing out the string and maybe the last game with Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform. Damian Lillard tweeted out a picture of Russell Wilson in a Raiders uniform today. Did he really? Yeah. Or was it last night? Either way, he did it. So can the Raiders trade Derek Carr to the Seahawks for Russell? Derek Carr and two draft picks? I don't know. Anyway, the last time the Seahawks were in the underdog role, 
at San Francisco. They won that game 30-23. They're in the dog roll here again after they put up 51 points last week. I think the Seahawks will come to play here. Uh, And the Cardinals off that big win in Dallas might be a little bit of a flat spot, even though they have some incentive to win. Uh, You know, last week you and I were both on the Cardinals. I thought that was a really good spot for the Cardinals. Yes, big by-low spot. I really don't know what to make of this spot for the Cardinals, but it's definitely not as as positive. Yes, and in a situation, as you mentioned, uh, home games for the Cardinals have not gone well for Arizona this year. Uh, By the way, one can make the argument that the Seahawks should be the ones to attach draft picks in a trade between Derek Carr and Russell Wilson. (laughs) uh, After this season, at least. All right, we go on from here to that matchup, and we look, we we both have bets on this game. I bet it early in the week at plus five and a half. You've got four and a half. San Francisco, and there's like these rumblings that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to me it was Trey Lance even mm-hmm. is it's a play here for the San Francisco 49ers the Rams think slightly overvalued in a situation which they have to win to win the division and I think we saw this ground game and the way that they have schemed this offense in that first matchup can be effective against the Los Angeles Rams with that scheme so took five and a half on a number that I expected to drop and sure enough it did hey when you got George Kittle and Debo Samuel back that 49ers offense can be dynamic and mm-hmm. we've seen that at times it's been in flashes, though. But the Niners can run the ball in the Rams' defense here, and that's a big reason whether, to me, if it's Lance or Garoppolo, I don't care. I took the points with the Niners, uh, four and a half with the uh, dog. And you're talking about Matthew Stafford, who's turned the ball over seven times in the last three games. I think the Rams are fragile favorites in this spot. Anything on the fascinating contest between Washington and New York or Buffalo and New York? Uh, no, I, I thought about taking the Jets if they were getting 17, but it's not a great spot after they let Tom Brady off the hook last week. And also, is this Joe Judge's final game for the Giants? I'm not convinced that the Giants really care to play hard uh, for him, but uh, are you going to lay seven with Washington on the road? That's a complete pass. Playoffs, that'll be here when we come back on the edge on Monday. Have a good weekend, everybody. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 